Welcome back to the Peeling Layers podcast. I'm David. And this is Carmel. And we're glad to have you come back here again. I know we've been talking uh, a lot about kind of personal development, um, understanding our, our, ourselves and our strengths and, and things like that. And we've been toggling around with, you know, career development type of services and, and tips to help you further your career. And I know that in previous uh, episodes, we, we covered um, items related to hiring season, which we called, which we um, identified as typically in January and February. But, you know, I think a lot of what we'll talk about today is related to that. And that's some tips for you to nail that interview when you yep. get it. So um, we have the resident guru and expert on hand, Carmel Riddell, here to, um, to help with that. And so Carmel, um, why don't you lead us through this discussion about some, some key tips for um, nailing that interview? Yeah, I will. And I first want to start by saying that I've developed this through a lot of unsuccessful interviews that I have myself been we call it trial and or trial and error. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, on both sides of the desk, right? So interviewing over the years to get jobs for myself, and then also interviewing others over the years and seeing, you know, what it what is it like when I interview a candidate and I'm like, yes, in the first two minutes. And then also like, what are all the things that are have gone you know, awfully wrong from both things I've done and things that interview candidates have done. Um, so we'll talk about those a little too, because as David and I were just talking about, you know, you learn the most uh, when you get it wrong. <laughs> you know, when you get it right, you don't really learn as much. You're just like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, but you can only learn by screwing it up. So um, I don't know about you, David, but I have plenty of, uh, <laughs> I had pl oh. plenty, plenty of those. Oh. Oh yeah, I've got, I definitely got a lot of lessons learned from the things that I've screwed up on. So, so we'll probably talk about that a bit as we kind of go through the advice too, um, because, you know, we, we've, we've been there. Uh, so we'll chat about that too. So what we're really going to focus on today is we're going to talk about this from the, from the point in the process of you already having an interview. So there's lots of good information and a lot of things to get an interview, um, and we talked about that in some other podcasts, but today we're going to start from that, you know, you got the invitation, the calendar invite, um, to, you know, have that interview. Okay. So we're going to break it down into really three key components. One is going to be your research, kind of the prep before the prep, mm -hmm. uh, the second component, um, and I'm kind of glancing off to the side a little bit. And I'll make sure not to do that as much. Um, but I'm just looking at, um, I have a interview course that kind of talks about all these steps. So I want to ensure I don't, uh, make sure I don't skip anything. So we're going to talk about your research and prep. We're going to talk about describing you. So a lot of the things that happen in the beginning of the interview are really people think it's so easy. You know, I'm going to just describe myself. I don't have to prepare for that. I know my own resume, uh, but we're going to talk about why that's a, not a good line of thinking and how to um, how to ensure you're prepared to have that conversation. Um, and then we'll, we're going to talk about what I call your stories. And your stories are going to be the foundation of 
not just this interview that you're prepping for now, but for all your interviews in the future. And I'm going to really set you up so that you can be successful in developing these stories. The best part is once you do this the first time, you'll be so far ahead the next time you have an interview, even if it's years from now. So we'll talk about really how to do good prep. Yeah. Um, well, just, just to jump in here, I, I, I think um, a, a lot of this foundation, you know, I think we mentioned that Carmel and I have been working together for a number of different years. And before I got into the career development or career services space, um, Carmel was my kind of guru and, and helped me with my, with my interviews and things like that. And one of the biggest keys that I know that I continue to take away now is just making sure I've got my stories. Yeah. Right? And, and being able to um, translate that throughout the entire interview process. And that has been, that has led to a number of uh, key positions that I was able to get. Um, because like you said, it's, it's something that's lasting. It's like, it was hard to build on that first time. Yep. But um, ever since then, it was easy to say, okay, I know exactly which stories to tell, how to tell them, how to set them up. Um, and, uh, what, what is most effective when I'm in my, when I'm in an interview. So definitely keep your ears peeled mm -hmm. to, to the, um, to this podcast. If, if this is a situation that, that you feel like you're in. Yep. So we'll jump into the first one, but before I do that, I do, you know, the research component, which is that first part before I even do that, I just want to reinforce that even today, even though I now consider myself an expert in interview prep. I have interview prep clients. I charge good money for these services. Um, I feel, you know, I am an expert at this. I still take these steps to prepare for my own interviews. Um, oh, one more computer to silence. <laughs> so many screens. Um, so I, I, I've recently used this process in October of last year. So four or five months ago to prepare for some interviews. And I took all these steps. I'm not skipping any of them. Um, and the last thing I'll say before I jump in, it is time consuming. Um, and here's a, this is the tip that I provide or the recommendation I provide when someone asks like, well, how much time am I really gonna dedicate to preparing um, for this interview? So this is my general rule of thumb. Okay, you got an interview for a job. And we all know that we apply to jobs that we really want. We apply to jobs that might, you know, we're like, eh, not sure. So the first thing I want you to do is think about how badly do you want this job on a scale of one being, if you get it, you're not going to accept to 10, this being like your dream job. Like this is the perfect job. So if you're reading something like a one or a two, I recommend still taking one to two hours to prepare, right? Even if you don't this isn't the dream job. You still want to make a good impression with these people. It's still very important that you're not wasting your own time or the time of the other person. So you really st still should prepare. You're not going to go into any interview completely cold. Um, because David, I'm sure you've been in this position, but I know I have. You interview with someone, maybe you didn't give it your all, you don't get the job. And then the next week you're sitting at some meeting and that person is sitting across from you and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I probably should have tried a little harder because right. they're like, if you're internal, they're like, you're not getting away from these people. And then to kind of close this thought out, if you're, you know, interviewing for a job that you're like, this is a nine, this is like close to being like the job for me. I would say you're preparing at least that number of hours times two. So if you're like a nine or 10, you're 
prepping like 10 to 20 hours for that interview. That's going to be, and we're going to talk about what that prep looks like, but I just want to set the stage for that. Um, and think about it. What's 20 hours when you could potentially be getting a, you know, a huge improvement in your work-life balance or that $35,000 raise that you were working towards. So 20 hours is nothing. Yeah. Okay. Should I get off my soapbox now? now or no, that, those are good today. tips to, to remember before we get into it. So glad that you, um, you mentioned that, but so okay. great preface. <laughs> so it's going to take work, but the work is worth it. All right. So let's start by talking about doing your research. So what's really important, and let's think about it this way, which is you might be a badass. You're good at everything. You've done tons of stuff. You have great skills. You have lots of experiences and accomplishments that you can talk about. But if you don't know specifically what to focus on in an interview, for one, you're going to be overwhelmed because you're not going to know, you know, how do you share, even for myself, I have what? Getting old. I don't know, 15 solid years of like legitimate work experience that you're going to talk about now in 40 minutes without knowing what, you know, without getting specific about what they're looking for, it's chaos, right? You're talking right. about this or that. You might be talking about, and I've done this before. So I have like kind of two careers. I have a business operations process improvement career, and that's kind of what I do in my day job. And then I do the career services, career coaching, interview coaching. Um, and I blend them a little bit and there's some overlap, but I've gone to interviews where I'm interviewing for something that's more like business operations process improvement focused. And I can't shut up about all the great things I do in my career services world. And I have had leaders tell me in an interview, you clearly are passionate about supporting others and about helping them in their careers, but that's just not what we're looking for. Right. And so then I'm like, oh shit, I should have talked about some different things. I could have still been qualified for this job, but how I presented myself didn't come across right. Yeah. So sense. know your audience. Know your audience. So when you're doing your research, the way you're going to start is having a very clear understanding of the job description. And that sounds so obvious, but you'd just be surprised when, you know, someone comes in the interview and I ask them as the hiring leader, you know, how much do you know about the job? And they're like, oh, I don't really know much. Um, and that happens every day. So read the job description. You're going to use that job description in every other piece of preparation that we're going to do. So that's where you're going to start. The next key piece, there's really two core pieces in research. You're going to understand, understand the job description, excuse me. And then you want to understand um, the organization, um, the company, and then ideally what the, so there's not two pieces. There's like five or six pieces. I don't know why I said there's two. There's, of course, there's a lot. Um, so you want to understand the organization and the company. You can do that somewhat high level. Just know like, what are their goals? What are they looking for? Um, and then very importantly, have a conversation with the hiring leader and ask them specifically what a successful candidate looks like. And that's going to be where you're going to be able to make yourself stand out against other candidates. David, have you ever, have we talked about that? You and I, have you done that before, before having an interview? Like what is a successful candidate? Having like? that, having a conversation with the hiring leader. Yeah. Well, having a conversation with a hiring leader, definitely. Um, uh, I don't think we got into the details about like what asked, but just that connection itself. There's, yes. there's, there's that clarity on, um, you know, what the tone is and who you're, who you would 
potentially be working for. So mm -hmm. at least there's information there about like how to show up uh, in, in the interview beforehand because you get a sense of it a little bit. So I, I see the benefit to that. Um, and then I, one thing that I was curious about, I know you, you first said it was two things, but um, obviously <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more because there's a ton of questions that I see or a ton of research that you can do related to the organization itself right? Mm -hmm. A little bit more of a deep down dive than just the mission, vision, values. Yes. But how does that relate to the work that you're actually going to do? And where does that fit in? Yeah. So forget what I said about the two things. I don't know. That was an incorrect statement that we're, we're correcting now. Um, you want to understand about the company, the organization, and the role. Mm -hmm. So at a high level, those are the kind of different categories that you're going to look into. Um, and you're right, you know, the level of information that you can get about the organization will vary. If you're internal, you might be able to look at their company, you know, at that organization's website. Hopefully it's current. Sometimes they're not, you know, you want to be careful about that. But the best way you're going to get information about an organization is either talking to the hiring leader or talking to people who work in that organization. Um, so again, depending on how badly you want the job, maybe you're not just calling the hiring leader, maybe you're also reaching out to other people that work in that organization or people that were in that job previously. I'll share that when I was trying to get promoted from supervisor to manager, I mean, the lengths I went to were somewhat extreme, but to get there, I felt that was necessary and it did end up working. Um, so I think I spoke to like six or seven people um, when I was um, interviewing for that, met, trying to make that jump um, for the job that ended up getting me that big promotion. Um, and I talked to people at every level that were supporting. Um, and it just, the more, again, the more information you have, um, the, the more competitive you can be, yeah. right? Can, uh, can we flip it just, just um, a little bit right now? As a yeah. hiring manager, when mm. you hear somebody drop some knowledge that you knew that they would have to have done some research to to get that what does that do for you first it's like a sense of like there's almost like a sense of relief like oh finally somebody like gets it or they know or somebody who put in an effort um and you can even see it as the interview candidate you can see it from the other person like now i can acknowledge right away when i've when i've won somebody over when i've said something that they're like I can see it in their face. Mm -hmm. They don't say anything, but there's just this like smile and like they almost like relax. Um, and I can actually visualize that in some of my recent interviews from being on the candidate side. Yeah, yeah. So being on the hiring leader side, it's just like a sense of relief. Like, okay, I have a, can you know, I don't necessarily think like, okay, this person, I'm going to hire them. Right, right. Like, okay, I have a qualified candidate. Now let's talk and see if you're a good fit. Right, right. Um, good. You mentioned something really important when we were talking about contacting the hiring leader also. Whether you get into the details of what a successful candidate looks like or what, what you ask, it does matter. But what's also really important is making that connection um, for them to know you beyond just being a name. Mm -hmm. um, and then ideally, you know, maybe you could even kind of connect in a way that's like, all right, yeah, like, Cause it's not just about, do you have the skills, right? It's also about like, is there a good culture fit or um, do we make sense, you know, in working together? So those are some key things that 
you know, that meeting is about more than one thing. And one of those things is trying to connect in advance of the interview. Yeah. That's great. Um, so I recommend, and I have some great tools, um, and, um, templates to interview prep. So of course, you know, reach out if you're interested in those, but however you prep is fine. I have, I have templates in PowerPoint, Excel, I've used lots of different, but what's most important is start to stay organized. So whatever form you're using word, PowerPoint, Excel, doesn't matter, but you're going to start by saying, okay, I've researched the company, the organization, um, the job, this is what I learned from talking to the hiring manager. And that's kind of the information you're going to use as you then advance to doing some other uh, prep preparation. Yeah, I could, I could already imagine listeners saying, man, this is step one of a two of a three step process. And it's already a lot to, to, to have to think about. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, I mean, it's for your job. It's for your livelihood. It's, it's worth the time and effort to, to do all of this stuff because um, there's a potential that it could be life-changing for you. So um, yeah, yeah. The, the amount of effort that you take reflects the amount of consideration um, you'll get. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, I mean, it's just funny because, well, I want to speak realistically too. Like it's easy to say like, oh, spend 10 to 20 hours preparing for an interview. And then, you know, when I look at my schedule, especially like when I have my kids, where am I finding 10 to 20 hours? Like, you know, it might be late at night. It might be early in the morning. um, Or you might have to ask for help, right? Like think about that. I know it's tough, right? You know, tough right now, um, you know, with COVID and everything, but figure out how to do it. Make the, you know, make the time. So I can know it can be tough. Maybe even for some, it's taking a vacation day. So that you can spend those hours if you have kids, maybe they're at daycare somewhere. Um, just get creative and make sure you're spending the time to do it. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to describing you. So this is a kind of a category I call it describing you because it's really, yes, you want to align with what the job wants, but it's really talking about you. So before, I mean, the whole interview is talking about you, but um, some kind of core things. So I read some research that and I've seen this many times that an interview panel makes a decision about a candidate in the first three minutes of the interview. Mm, interesting. Um, which is terrifying. <laughs> Think about that three minutes. Yeah. So what happens in the first three minutes of an interview? Generally you're making small talk. So for one caveat, and I feel like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I tried to say organized on these, but like interviewing, I mean, all these topics I'm so passionate about, but like interviewing, I'm so passionate about training on interviewing that I feel like I get overexcited and um, I kind of go all over the place. So I apologize, but uh, I'll rein you in. Okay. You in. <laughs> um, so just a quick note on small talk. It's more important than you think. So if this is true, if the data is true, which, you know, you can find data on anything, but um, I find it to be true as a hiring person, like generally in the first three minutes, I've already been like, yeah, they'll work or no, they won't. Yeah. So think about the small talk. If somebody says it's Monday and they say, oh, how was your weekend? Your response should not be, it was good, followed by silence. You are missing a huge opportunity to build a connection. Now you, you don't want to um, pigeonhole yourself. You don't want to talk about anything controversial, right? You want to be like, I went hunting this weekend, like that's risky. Um, so maybe keep that one to yourself, but 
you know, if you went on a hike or whatever, and you don't, don't make anything up. <laughs> um, but it's an opportunity for you to start to have a conversation with your potential boss. So just keep that in mind. Okay, now I'm going to move on. Well, so, I, 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 th I think I can help build a little bit to that. So, I mean, um, a lot of it is what is like, even in your current job, what are the things that you're comfortable sharing with others that help you build a connection with them there, right? Like, what did you do over the weekend? How would you share that with your coworkers? Right. Um, without being controversial about it. I think those are the things that can help people get a better understanding of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, so think of it that way. It's not necessarily to impress, yeah. right? It's more to find ways to build connections, yeah. whether it's like, oh, I have that same hobby or, mm -hmm. oh, I know someone that does that or that kind of thing. I think it, that's, that's where you're getting it. Is that right? Yeah. Karma? Yes, exactly. So I'll, I'll say this, um, you know, you do want to be, you want to be thoughtful. Every, you have to be thoughtful about everything that you say, mm -hmm. right? Like, even though like if, you know, having kids thing is like a controversial, controversial topic to talk about an interview. Do you really want someone to know you have small kids? I, you know, I kind of go back on back and forth on that. Um, I'll say now that I play golf, I'm talking about that. Like, especially if I have a male or female interview panelist, but for sure, if I'm talking to a group of men, which is typically who I'm interviewing with, um, not for my last job though, I work for lots of amazing women for my current job. So that's amazing. But anyways, um, that's something you want to think about, right? And I'll, I would bet my left arm that if I'm interviewing with three men, if I'm the candidate, and I say play golf this weekend, we're about to talk about golf for at least yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Um, and now, now they're just, now, you know, not to say that sinks the interview, but it can. Or um, now, like, are you either for sure one that they're gonna pick? But th those kind of conversations make a huge difference. Yeah, well, I, I, the other thing that I would say too, and I know I'm interrupting you too much here. No, um, you're not. If this is a good, this is really good because you don't think of interviews as this being what's important, but it's such a big part of it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've had this feeling. Um, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you have, but you know, that, that, um, formal conversation that you have with people where you, you, you share the things and it's a small talk, the, the high level small talk. And then you find out that, Oh, you're, you're really cool. Oh, I can, I can get with you. I can hang with you. Okay. Right. Like that kind of thing. That's what we're looking for here. Right. What are the connections that allow people to see you as a human and not just as the piece of paper that brought you in to that? Right. right. Exactly. And then their, you know, their whole way they think about everything else you say is a little bit more right. open-minded too. Right. Um, and it works to your advantage as well, right? You want to learn, like, can I talk to this person? Would I like working for them? Mm -hmm. And you can start to get a sense of that too. Okay, so we're talking about the first couple of minutes of an interview. You've done a little small talk. Maybe they go over, you know, safety or some logistics. Um, and then generally the very first question in an interview um, is, can you describe your background? Or can you run through your resume for me? Or tell us about your experience. And I find that this is the, more, the, the most, um, how do I say this? This question can tend to be the biggest fiasco of the whole interview from the, from the perspective of both the hiring leader and me as a candidate. Yeah. So before I started preparing the response to this, I have said the most ridiculous yep. shit. Yeah. I me have too. been like, 
I start, yeah, I started my career at MCI. First of all, that company doesn't even exist anymore. And this was like 500 years ago Yeah. when I was like, I just, there's so many things I, I mean, so many inappropriate things that I'm thinking, but when I was absolute chaos, when I was like still in college, not to say it's not good experience, but I don't need to be talking about that now, 15 years later. Yeah. Um, and people do it. They'll be like, well, I went to, I went to high school in mm-hmm. Chicago and then I blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you really <laughs> want to know. My first job was in Burger King and <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So remember, this is the first couple of minutes. This is when you're like, they're already making a decision about you. So if you ramble on for eight minutes about every detail of your irrelevant experience, you are losing us, right? Um, it's kind of like- And when you're, you're losing like time through- too. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. You're losing them and you're losing the opportunity to actually um, say the things that you want to be saying. So what I recommend is really understand the job description, understand what the hiring leader is looking for and prepare in advance how you are going to describe yourself. Okay. Now, not a script. You don't need to read it word for word, um, but you should have extreme clarity on the key points that you want to talk about um, so that you don't ramble. (laughs) Yeah. We've all been there, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So then some other key things you'll want to prepare how to answer. You want to be able to prepare to talk about your strengths and weaknesses. Um, we could do a whole podcast about talking about strengths and weaknesses. And we, you know, so this is going to be short and sweet, but, and this is going to be a theme. You want to talk about things that are aligned with the job description. Okay. So if you're interviewing for a data analyst position and you're really good at building tables, your strength is not building tables. That's a strength for telling somebody else, right? You're going to share a strength that is a relevant, that is relevant to the job that you're interviewing. Oh, unless you're building, you're good at building data tables. <laughs> oh my right? God. Why did I think that? Why, what, <laughs> what a weird example. Yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, I, I got a little confused there, but uh, that's why I, I drew the connection, right? There's this guy across the street. I was telling David, now I work, I work in like the front of my house and there's a big window and there's a guy across the street that's just building shit all day long. So I'm like <laughs> looking at him thinking about that. And that is funny. So yes, um, you know, that would be a great thing to talk about if you're also good at building actual tables and data tables. Yeah. That'd be a cute, a cute answer to what are your strengths in an interview. Yeah. So nice. Make your skills work for you. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone always asks about what do I talk about when I talk about weaknesses? So a few key things. You want to be honest. You want to share an actual weakness. Don't share a weakness that's really a strength. Don't say I'm, you know, I'm overly punctual or, um, you know, I'm a perfectionist. Everything has to be perfect. <laughs> it's like, that's a dick answer. And yeah. they're just going to roll their eyes. And I'm sure I've said, oh, I'm, I'm sure I've set, used both of those examples. And I describe myself in those ways. Although David can attest the fact that I'm always late now. It's my new thing. <laughs> Party doesn't start till you're there. So yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. So give something that's a real weakness, make it a weakness that's not relevant or not critical for this job. Okay. So let's say you are interviewing for a data analyst position where there's really no need for you to ever speak in front of others. If you're not great with public speaking, that can be a weakness, right? Now, if you're interviewing for a leadership position that says must be able to present to senior level leaders, that's not a weakness you're sharing, 
Okay, so you're sharing a weakness that is not critical for the job. And then as soon as you share that weakness, you follow it with what you've done to improve in that area and then actually show an example of how you've improved. So you might say, oh, I'm not, you know, I haven't historically been really strong at delivering presentations. I took, uh, I joined Toastmasters and now on a monthly basis I'm presenting and I'm, you know, I feel a lot more confident. Um, and I know if that was like, became part of the role that I would be able to step into that. Yeah. Short and sweet. That's good. I mean, I think one of the other things too, because I know it'd probably be a little bit difficult for people to be able to point out all their weaknesses and the efforts that they're making. I mean, one of the big things that a lot of people talk about when they call out their weaknesses is their ability, ability or lack of ability to um, speak in public. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're taking all this time to research and prepare for this interview could be another example of how you were able to work through your weaknesses too, right? So again, use everything um, that's around or that's available for you to leverage in, in the situation when you're showing up to these interviews. Yeah, totally agree. So, and sometimes you do need to think a little bit outside the box. I will say that something that can be really helpful um, in doing this preparation, think about that person that you talk to about everything. Like, who do you talk to? Who do you tell your work stories? Um, they might be able to really help you brainstorm in these. Like even my sister um, had an interview yesterday for a job and as she was preparing, I know a lot about, you know, cause we tell each other, we talk on the phone a hundred times a day. So I know what she does and I know. Um, so when she's telling me her strengths and weaknesses or she's preparing the answers to these questions, I'm able to be like, oh, well, what about when you do this? Or what about, you know, this situation? So think about who that person is for you. Um, and ask them to help you prepare. And you would be really surprised how much, uh, how much they know. It's almost yeah. scary. Like, wow, damn, I really talk about my <laughs> job that much. <laughs> well, I, I just remember to one of our earlier podcasts that we were talking about um, when you were building somebody's resume, mm -hmm. right? And then you were asking them all these questions about the tasks that they've done and how they put it in the resume versus how you shaped it to, to seem a lot more like a boss move, right? Yeah. And yeah. so here's the thing. People are, it's hard for people to know or see themselves because they see themselves, they, they experience that, right? Um, and so however they, however people typically try to explain themselves, it lacks luster, right? Mm -hmm. It lacks sheen for, for a lot of that because they don't know how important it is. But yeah. having somebody there to validate that both for your resume, because yeah. that's where it really pops. And then for those interviews where you're like, oh shit, I really am a badass. Thanks, yeah. thanks for giving me that feedback. I think that's what's going to help you uh, shine and come across um, in these interviews. Yeah. And to your point, David, it's so important that you go in with the attitude that you are a fucking boss and this is your job. Actually, those are the two things that we're going to talk about next to wrap up this kind of section of describing you, which is be prepared to answer why do you want this job and why are you the best person for the position, mm -hmm. right? So the first time I was asked, why do you want this job? I was totally thrown off. It's like, it was it, in the first few years I was interviewing. I don't know. I don't think they asked that. I think it was the style of interviewing was different. And now we're getting a little bit more into, um, not just at my company, but in general, 
interviewing is getting a little bit better at ensuring there's a good culture fit, ensuring the motivation is right and that sort of thing. So I think that's where it's coming from. But, you know, a big portion of my job movement has been to get paid better and to move up the ladder. But you're not going to say that in the answer to that question. Right. Um, and I've shared this story too. I, when I got off maternity leave last year, I had this feeling like maybe it's time for me to interview for other companies because I've been at the same company for 13 years. And so I applied for and got an interview for a job with Lyft. I really had no interest in leaving my company or at working for Lyft, but it was a good fit for like my background and I got the interview. And they asked me in the interview why I wanted, why I wanted to work for Lyft. In my head, I'm like, I don't. <laughs> so I was just, and I didn't prepare for the interview. I did the thing I'm telling you guys not to do, which is I didn't prepare, right? I'm saying like, even if you don't really want the job, still spend some time preparing. Well, I didn't. And my answer was pathetic. I don't know. I said something like, oh, I think, you know, the idea of being able to, you know, this new kind of transportation, I don't know, it was something, it was nonsense. Um, and I didn't get a job offer. Like, even though I didn't want the job, they didn't want me in the job. And not to say there weren't other factors, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, so you have to really think about that because if the reason you want a new job is because your boss is an asshole, you're not going to tell them that either. So, or you shouldn't. Please don't. Do not say that. Do not say that. <clears throat> However true it might be. Yeah. Yeah. That that's definitely gonna take you out of the running for your current interview, too, right? Oh yeah. Ooh, this is a good chance to uh bring up one of the interview fails. So obviously not saying any names, but I interviewed this candidate um a few years ago and she had the best interview. I was like, yes, we found like our star person like they're gonna kick ass and uh, i can't wait for them to start blah 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 the very end of the interview you know we're doing the questions which we haven't gotten there yet but at the end of the interview um you know what are you okay now candidate what are your questions she's like okay i only have one question um are the people on the team like are they difficult to work with or you know are there any like difficult people on the team because you know i'm just at a point in my career where like i don't want that Oh no. I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you say that? I, at that point, I mean, literally with that question, I'm like, I obviously can't hire you. Everyone is difficult. Everyone is the worst yeah. in every organization. And at, in the organization I was in at the time, it was especially bad. Yeah. So I was just like, um, yes, we have a lot of difficult people and it's a great organization, but you know, every, we have our challenges, obviously. And then big red X over that candidate. So great interview. She had every qualification, but you know, one, uh, you know, everything you say matters. Yeah. 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 Okay. Where were we? Why do you want this job? Why are you the best candidate? Okay. Should we move on to your stories? Well, I mean, I, I think one thing, so you, you talked about what you shouldn't, um, why you shouldn't say like, you want the money or mm -hmm. you, you don't like your, your manager or whatever. What yeah, are, yeah. what are some things to say then um, when they ask, you know, why are you the best candidate for this position? Yeah. So why are you the best candidate? Again, you really have to understand what the job is and what they're looking for. Um, so to say you're the best candidate because you're a hard worker, um, you know, that's not great. Ideally, you know what they're looking for. So if they're, you know, 
if you had a meeting with the hiring leader and they said, I really need someone who's, you know, really agile. We have a lot of change. I need somebody who can really like be good with that and lead the way. You could literally say that exact thing in why you're the best candidate, right? Like if you have insight into what they're looking for, use it. Yeah. Um, or if you're using the job description, it might say, you know, the, we're really looking for somebody who can, um, develop executive level pre level presentations and have a deep understanding of, you know, the data behind the, the story behind the deck or whatever, whatever. Um, then you're sharing that. So you're kind of being specific about what is the job looking for? And then you're sharing your strengths that align with what the job is looking for. That's great. Um, and as for why do you want this job, some things to consider, um, you know, help them understand the big picture. So even if it's not like, might not be your dream job, but if you can share that it's an, a critical path to, you know, your long-term career, um, I think that can be helpful. Um, because especially if it's obvious, it can be obvious that you might not stay in that job for a long time based on what you've done. Um, and that's okay. You can address it by saying like, I'm going to learn these key things. I'm really looking forward to it. I know I have a lot to contribute and a lot to learn, which will help me get, you know, to get to where I want in the future too. Yeah. You know, one thing that I felt helped me get a leg up and maybe it's because um, my position um, like craves this type of skill, but for a lot of the interviews that I have, been a part of and been successful in what I tell them is I'm very comfortable with ambiguity mm. um, and because there's so much that is clear about what this job requires and um, but there's also stuff that we don't know what what it's going to look like and mm -hmm. I'm comfortable in those spaces to help build you know a different culture or, or build a pro progress for where we want to go and, and that kind of thing I think that might be helpful if for you that's something that you feel comfortable talking about and, and saying, because not everybody's comfortable with ambiguity, mm -hmm. but as organizations, it's very clear that there's a lot of ambiguity mm -hmm. uh, and, and they, they want people that, uh, or we always look for people that are comfortable in those spaces because it, it's, it's a hard feeling to be the leader and then have everybody expect you to have all the answers to things. Yeah. And it's a lot easier when you have allies and, and um, employees that can help you with that. And, and mm -hmm. showing that um, during the interview process might be helpful as well. Yep. Yeah. And definitely a leadership, a key leadership skill that if I'm hiring a leader, like I need someone like that. Like if I need, I have some, I have worked with some people who you need to give them like every step of, you know, mm -hmm. every single step and the working world just isn't really, there are some jobs that are still like that engineering focused and like different, you know, certain trades, but a lot of things that we do in like the world of sitting behind your computer, um, there's, there is so much ambiguity. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to talking about, um, building your stories. So we kind of talked about a little bit before your stories. I have, so first I'll share kind of go a little bit, take a step back. When I first started figuring this out and preparing for interviews, I was trying to answer extremely specific questions um, and learn very specific things about the job. And I was focusing so much of my time on that, especially someone like me who I 
have had so many really different, well, the same job, but working in so many different groups that I've spent, I used to spend a lot of time worrying and trying to learn the trade almost of that group. Um, and I finally realized that for the most part, for one, depending on the job, right? If you're going to do something very technical, you may need to learn that technical skill. Um, but if you're not, um, they might want to know a lot more about your successes so that you can show them that, you know, how you've been successful in the past. Mm -hmm. So obviously take that into consideration. Um, so building your stories, how I recommend approaching this is for one, again, you're going to look at what the job entails. So you're going to pull that job description up, right? Or if you're starting to develop your document, you're going to look back at your notes to say, okay, these are the five key things from the job description. Maybe they're, you know, we'll just focus on one. Let's say it's improving compliance. Okay. So I'll use this example and kind of carry you through that as we talk about your stories. Um, then you want to add anything that you know that the leader is looking for. And now you're going to build stories while you're thinking about these high level things. So we're just going to talk about compliance, but your list might be anywhere from five to seven key areas of focus. So how you're going to structure your stories is you're going to work on, some of you may have heard of the STAR method, but I'm going to recommend you use the SOAR acronym instead. Um, so the S stands for the situation. Instead of talking about tasks, that's getting a little bit too in the weeds, you're going to talk about the obstacle or challenge. We'll say obstacle for O. You're going to talk about the actions that you took and then the results, SOAR. Situation, obstacle, actions, results. And so again, you're going to think about those high level key things that you look, that you've pulled from the job. So we're going to use compliance as an example. And then you're going to think of a story where you address compliance and you're going to write out your story, listing the situation, the obstacle, the actions, and the results. Now I, in my interview coaching and in my, you know, the coaching that I do, I provide templates for this and they're very specific they're PowerPoint templates and they're intentional so that you don't write five pages on a simple story that you're never gonna be able to recite. So I recommend that you use, whether it's a piece of paper or PowerPoint you know, presentation, something where you're keeping the story confined um, to the key points, right? Cause you'll wanna be able to reiterate that in an interview. Um, so let's use compliance as an example. Um, I might share a situation being, um, in an organization I worked for, we were running at about 75% compliance for a particular um, area of focus in that role. Um, then you wanna explain the obstacle, right? We were an organization that was striving to achieve consistent 100% compliance and we were at about a 25% Delta. Okay, then what actions did I take? I implemented improved data analysis and reporting um, implemented a new process, and then list the different actions that you took, and then the result. Okay, and then you always want to include numbers. So improved compliance by 19% over six weeks, consistently achieving over 95% compliance. Okay, so I know that was a little detailed, but I kind of want to walk you through how you might start thinking about the things that you've done um, and, and drafting these stories. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think um, one thing that might be helpful for for listeners is that um, it may not necessarily be the way that we typically tell stories, 
right? Because um, what what you've what you've shared is it's more like um, the step by step approach and just setting the scene, uh, describing the problem without necessarily putting too many um, too much of like your your like these these des descriptions that that don't necessarily add to the story. Mm -hmm. um, but you you talk about the situation. You you talk about what what the problem is, and then you 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 did a great job just listing what actions you took that were specific to it, mm -hmm. and then the results because that's basically what they're looking for, right? Is this person capable of addressing a problem? I don't. I mean, it's nice to hear the color of things, and you know, this person was was a hard person to work with, and um, you know, I had to grab a lot of people from a number of different areas battling all these different priorities sure that that's fine but the way that you presented the information and how straightforward it can be mm -hmm. just imagine if you tell that story in a small amount of time there's going to be time to tell other stories that are similar yeah. to that that could really hammer home your point yeah yep and and that's exactly right right like if you tell a solid story and you can you know if you cover all four of those pieces, I promise you the, the interview panel is not going to be like, that wasn't enough information. Right. If you explain the situation, the obstacle, your actions and the results, they will be so fucking happy that you just answered the question solidly in 30 seconds or however long, rather than like a five minute ramble. Yeah. Um, where I probably shouldn't admit this, but like if I'm interviewing someone and they are rambling and telling me an eight minute story on something that should have been 30 seconds, I am no longer listening to you. Mm -hmm. Like I am thinking about my to-do list. I'm thinking about what I'm making for dinner. Um, and just praying that you please close your story soon. So, um, <laughs> no, I think you, you should say that. You... I think you should. That's a great perspective to, to hear from a hiring manager who's experienced that before. And who's mm -hmm. checked out because there's a rambler. We got a rambler, you know? Yeah. So. And I actually will tell someone in an interview, like if we're running out of time and I still have four questions, I'll tell them, I'm like, you've, this is a 45 minute interview. It's already been 32 minutes. So we have 12 minutes to get through the remaining questions. We have to end this interview at one, whatever, at after 45 minutes, basically get your shit together, but decide yeah. how you're going to answer the next few questions. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, great. so we talked about building great stories. Let me tell you a little bit more about that. David kind of mentioned this earlier, which is once you do it once, you're prepared for the future, right? So what I do is I have a portfolio where how I used to interview, how I used to prep, and I interview, <laughs> I interview a lot. I like to change jobs. So um, I've had a lot of interviews. I've had a lot of different jobs. So what I used to do was every time I was interviewing again, I would start fresh, yellow notepad, start taking my notes thinking about the same situations that I've already thought about, right? You know, your key accomplishments, you're gonna revisit, you know, for the most part until years pass and you have a lot of other new shit to talk about. Um, but now I don't do that. Now I pull up my portfolio. I'm like, yep, I have those, I can always revisit. And I did a couple new things. Let me add a page with a couple new examples. Um, so it's so worth it to spend the time the first time because then you're not having to, um, how can you remember, right? Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I'll say, even when I was talking to my sister a few days ago, uh, she was preparing for her interview. And of course I have clients too. Well, I'll just give her a hard time. 
she's like, I'm really good. And she is, she's like, I'm really good at just like thinking of this stuff on the go. And I was like, I know that you are, that's accurate, but also please don't do that. Like, it's so much better to write it down, be prepared. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, I'll do it. So yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely helpful for someone like me because, um, you know, when they ask open-ended questions or just questions in general, I'm like, how, I, I'm, I'm gonna start the story with good intention, but mm-hmm. as I'm telling the story, I'm going to try to hit every single point that I hope sticks with them. Right. And then that's where it becomes that 30 second story becomes an eight minute story. Yeah. And it's like, it's not helpful at all. So, um, so yeah, I, I I feel your sister when it comes to that, like I I can easily come up with these, (laughs) but but yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to make sense at the end of the day to to tell that type of story um, in in an interview. Yeah. And like, even what I do on this podcast, you guys hear me, right? So I'm with, I'm, I'm with you, but this isn't an interview. If this was an interview, if someone was listening to this podcast as like, they're going to tell me if I'm like a scout, like if I'm going to make it or break it on podcasting, I would be more prepared. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But how I say, David, like, oh crap, I'm about to ramble. Like you don't want to do that in an interview. No, no. Um, David and I are having a casual conversation that you guys are listening to. So it is somewhat intentional. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. Again, know the audience. Know your audience. Um, so the two final kind of wrap up pieces, um, you'll want to have questions for the interviewer, right? They always ask you that at the end. Um, and let's talk about that for a minute, which is don't ask anything that is not going to help you have a conversation that once again puts you in a position of strength. So Asking any questions that are like logistical, in my opinion, is a waste of time to ask, when are you going to be making decisions? First of all, that never goes as planned. You always want to make a decision next week. You never can. So, and even if they tell you it's going to be a week or it's going to be a month, then what? You're going to be like, oh, well, if you don't contact me by Friday, I don't want it. Yeah. Highly doubt it. (laughs) Do not ask anything about work flexibility or, I mean, you might it might be important to you that there's flexibility in the culture and you might ask a question like that. Um, but you don't need to be telling them that you need to leave at five to pick up your kids from daycare or, Oh, here's another inter- uh, interview fail. I interviewed another candidate, great candidate, great interview. She had the skills. I was really excited about her. The job was based in one location, whoever, where you, wherever you are, these cities might not matter. So the job was based in one place. She worked about 40 miles away but like 40 miles Bay area traffic, which is like, could be two hours. At least. Um, At least if you're lucky. And she, in the interview is asking, and this was like before the days of like, now you can kind of be anywhere now with COVID in the interview. She's like, well, I don't really ever want to come to this office. Like, can I work out of this, out of this other office, which is, you know, 40 minutes away. And I was like, well, our entire team, like a hundred percent of our team is in this office. We are all here every day. So it is important that again, times have changed, um, but it is important that you come here. And she was basically like, well, I don't want to. Wow. And so, yeah. And I'm like, wow, you were going to get a job offer. And now I can't like, why would you say that? She's, if she would have just gotten the offer and then said, hey, it's really far. Is there any chance that there's flexibility? I'm sure I would have been like, how about you come in three days a week and we could have worked something out. But if you're already telling me you don't even wanna come here, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes you just wait. Maybe there is something really important. Maybe you, 
maybe you're, you know, have, you have an important doctor's appointment every single Tuesday at three o'clock. That's fine. Talk about that after you get a job offer. Yeah, that's a great point. The, the logistics of things about how you work, where you work and all those things are definitely important parts of considering the job. Mm-hmm. Just that's not the right time. to Exactly, exactly. Um, you might ask the recruiter or you just wait till you get the offer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then go from there. So the questions that you wanna ask, you wanna ask something that shows that you know something about the organization and that's gonna allow you to have a good conversation. Um, <laughs> and make it a conversation. So whatever you ask, just make sure, you know, um, that you're making that a conversation because this is the close of the interview. Now you're basically closing the argument, right? This is why you should hire me. Um, so maybe you're asking, um, okay, now with COVID, things are different. Uh, how has it impacted your organization? Um, and what are the biggest challenges that you've seen? So then maybe they say, oh, the biggest impact is that now we're all working remote. Um, and the biggest challenge is keeping the team engaged. Okay, so you're not like, okay, thank you. That, those are all my questions. Now they're just telling you <laughs> a challenge that they have and you need to follow that up by explaining how you're gonna solve that challenge or how you're gonna contribute to improving that problem. Right. So your questions really should be that final conversation at the end of the interview um, and just think about it that way. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a couple of other questions that I've heard um, from my recruiter friends and, and some that I heard while I was um, on a panel that, mm-hmm. that really stick out to me as well. Um, and I just want to see what you think about it. So uh, one of the questions is, what is it? Um, where do you see, where do you see the person in this position in 90 days, 30, 60 or 90 days? Mm-hmm. Um, just to give them a, an idea of, of what to expect. What do you think about asking that question? I think that's a good question. If you followed up with say, with reinforcing um, something. So if they say, oh, in 30 days, I expect that this position has met everyone on the team and has developed a strategy for the year. Oh, great. In my current position, I was able to meet everyone in the first 14 days. And then how I developed the strategy with the team was by doing X, Y, and Z. And that's what I intend to do when I you know, begin in this position. So okay. that's kind of an example of no matter what you ask, you should be following it up by reinforcing yeah. your skills yeah. and your qualifications. Right. Because that, that, that question is basically an opportunity to turn that into a question for yourself. Exactly. Right? And, then, and then respond. Um, one of the and other if, things- oh, Before go you go on, that's a perfect way to explain it, which is you should be asking about something that you want to talk about and you want to reinforce. Right. So that's a, a really good way to explain it. You're yeah. basically asking a question to yourself. Well, one of the other things that um, I was kind of completely thrown off by, and an intern was the one who asked this. Um, he asked, "What, uh, what were you doing before this interview? What tasks or duties were you doing before? Uh, just, just to give um, them, get, just to give him an idea of like what the daily responsibilities of the hmm. team is and, and stuff like that." So, what do you think about that question? See, how I'm responding now is exactly how I would respond if someone asked me that in an interview. It's just like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I still think if only ask that question, if you can turn it into conversation. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if they're like, oh, actually, I was 
I was just making, I just made a cup of coffee. <laughs> they might, or like, if I was like, oh, my kid is here. And I was just arguing with her about finishing her homework. You know, you want to be able to follow that. or maybe it is work-related, but who knows what they're going to say. So again, you want to follow that with a conversation, like be ready for that. And that's great. Maybe I, maybe that is a perfect thing. Cause then I'm telling you about my kid having homework. And then you're saying, oh yeah, I have a first and a second grader. And it's, it's horrible. I can't wait for them to go back to school. Now you're having a conversation again. That's what we talked about. So um, I think if you think of everything in that lens, then you'll be good to go. That's great. I think the one last thing on my end in terms of the questions that I would recommend is just based on the research that you, you would do on not just the organization, but the hiring manager. Maybe this is something that you, you picked up in the beginning during the small talk, but then something that's possible at the end. Um, typically, you're meeting these people or you're seeing profiles of them, whether it's on LinkedIn or some other place. They have their college information sometimes. They have their previous uh, roles and things mm -hmm. like that. And there's a lot of commonality that you can find from there, whether it's their college through sports um, yep. things or, or something like that, that can help build that connection. So uh, definitely think about including those as part of the questions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you want to do that. I mean, you don't want to get too creepy, although you can find out a lot of information on the internet, but definitely LinkedIn. Like if you see somebody, if I see somebody went to Arizona State University, that's where I went. And you can kind of figure out their first job was around the same time, you know, you're not saying like, oh, I'm 33, you must also be 33, but you're kind of, you know, you can bring up like, oh, looks like we probably went to ASU around the same time. Um, you know, were you there uh, before they did all the, you know, fancy remodels on all the dorms or did you live in like the nasty ass dorms like I did? You know, that would be a funny conversation if they really went, you know, in this case, if you went there around the time I did, you would know exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. And you would either be like, oh yeah, when I went there, everything was, you know, nasty, but fun. And, you know, it's lame how everything is so fancy now. Like that's not the way to go to college, you know? And that's when, again, you're having that conversation. So it's a great point, David, and you should definitely be doing that. LinkedIn is a public professional social platform. So you should, you should, and you must use it to your advantage. Yep. Okay. One right. more thing. How long have we been going? Yikes. Um, probably like 40 minutes. Okay. All right. So we have a minute to talk about the interview follow-up. Last piece. Let's do it. So you must follow up and it can be done via email. So a lot of people ask like, oh, should I figure out how to like send the note? Takes too long. Um, you need to send an email within 24 hours, but I recommend doing it within like four hours. Um, now I will say that 99 out of 100 times, you will not get a response. Sometimes you'll be like, someone will say, thanks for me. You know, it was nice to meet you or whatever. Thanks for your time. But they're probably not going to respond. But you have to send the email. Um, I actually know people, hiring leaders, who like will disqualify someone who doesn't send them a thank you note. Just because it's like part of the process that you're not following. So don't be that person. Um, yeah. I actually got a job. Uh, and my manager told me the reason, the main, one of the biggest reasons why you got the job was because you followed up after the interview. Wow. Yeah. That's funny that you say that because I usually say like the interview follow-up isn't going to get you the job, yeah. but it's important still. So that's funny that you're, that you have that experience. Um, so you have to send everyone a separate thank you. Don't send a mass thank you. 
Um, send separate notes to each person. I say within a couple of hours. Um, if you don't have their email address, use LinkedIn or send it to the recruiter, but ideally send it to the email and keep it very short and sweet. Three sentences. Thank you for your time. The second sentence should address something specific um, that you talked about in the interview. Ideally, you will say like, I know you're looking for someone who does X, Y, and Z and then say why you are that person. And then close by saying, I say, make an assumptive close. I look forward to contributing to the team's success when I join next month or, you know, something like that. Like, Ooh, please. Old. Yeah. Um, or, I'm, you know, I look forward to joining the team. I look forward to jumping in and solving your X, Y, and Z problem right away. Um, and anything, obviously, they spoke about directly, you can address that. Um, what was I going to say? Please don't, don't show your, um, don't reveal your lack of confidence in this thank you note. You would be surprised how many emails, you know, thank you notes I received that says, I hope you'll consider me. I know you have a lot of other qualified candidates or, you know, I know it's extremely competitive. Um, okay, fine. But if you're going to send the note, be bold, um, be confident and yeah. don't tell, don't tell them you're not sure. You're sure. Um, even if you're not sure, tell them you're sure. You're yeah, sure. no, I like that. I mean, that really makes you stand out if you're the bold one out there. Yeah. Because sometimes the hiring leaders, we don't know what the hell we're doing either. We're like, I don't know. We're hoping and praying that you're going to be the answer to you know what we need. <laughs> yeah. So don't make, you know, help us feel confident. But if you're confident, we can be confident. Right. Right. That's a good, that's a good tip. It's a great yeah. tip, actually. So that's <laughs> it. You got all the secrets. I didn't leave anything out. Cool. So I, I think that that helps prepare folks. I mean, there's a lot here. And um, I, I love that you spent a lot of time at the beginning, um, knowing that letting people know that they have to commit to this, they have to put X number yeah. of hours to it, depending on where in the scale, this job uh, meets their career path. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the different tips that, you know, like you mentioned, you and I have experienced before. So it's not like, we heard this somewhere, we've lived this. And yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot of practice and you know, uh, there's definitely an opportunity to work with others on this because it's really hard to see who we are for ourselves. And it's, it's really easy for us to, um, when we have another pair of eyes to do that. Um, and, and that's where you know, the services that Carmel and I provide may be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, Carmel, was there anything else that you wanted to add to that? No, I would just say, um, honestly, like if you're trying to, if you don't have the budget to hire an interview coach or to, you know, pay, pay for programming and all that, that's fine. You can literally listen to this podcast and stop and start um, and go through and prep and that, and you, you will be set up for success. But of course, if you want additional support and resources, I have guides um, workbooks and the courses online, as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I love this stuff and, um, yeah, reach out to Carmel at the everyperson.com. Um, if you need any extra stuff, but again, if you have an interview coming up, re-listen to this or watch, you know, watch a video, listen to it, stop and start and take the steps. Um, and, uh, you'll be very happy with the results. I know it. Yeah. And more than, um, uh, and take some time to, to, 
to stop and, and watch these videos, not like the day before or five minutes before. Yeah. Make, some, make an effort um, to, to spread, spend some time doing this because that is uh, definitely be helpful. Um, so definitely reach out to Carmel. Um, I'm also available for, for that assistance. Um, clearly, Carmel has a lot more experience than, than I do on that. But if you definitely want to reach out to me or if you have feedback on these podcasts, uh, please feel free to reach out at david at hilariocoachingandconsulting.com. And until next time, thank you guys for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.